you to some people who don't often get credit or limelight. It's kind of probably why they do this, so that you don't look at them. But they're the ones who kind of make us look good each and every Sunday. The people who put a lot of our things together and, and make us look good on video with the lighting and, and uh, you know, those people up there in the booth, they work here every Sunday. And I will just tell you that even up to, I think it was the night before last, um, well, this screen was broken right here. It was broken. It, in fact, it, it got sucked up into the little thing there and it would not come out. And so Ronnie and Katie are up here till 1 a.m. on Thursday night with the ladder, you know, trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, they made it work. Now, I'm not going to say who was or was not responsible for said screen accident. But I am going to say that I may or may not owe them one. This is why we can't have nice things here. And I used to be really good at this stuff, but uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for, for, for making it work. Oh, I'm just so funny. Yeah, thank you. Give them a hand. <laughs> I hope today's been encouraging to you so far. This, the worship's been good. This, this, these kids, man, we are blessed with such great people here from the youngest to the oldest of us. Um, as we begin our REACH series, this is the thing we've been really praying for. And as we begin this today, I wanted to, to begin this series with prayer. Um, what we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks is important. And I know we have trips to take and things, but I'm going to encourage you to be here. You know, take those, that one hour on a Sunday that you normally sleep in a little bit if you don't typically come to class and just spend it with us here. Uh, this is important content that we're talking about Uh, and I think this has the ability to ignite a passion in us that that could do some amazing things in this city so I'm going to begin with this moment to pray and I'm going to get on my knees because I I just feel this is a knee moment and if you want to join me you're more than welcome to do that if not that's okay but let's pray together and and I encourage you to pray for me I encourage you to pray for the teachers that are going to be talking about these, con- these, these, these things. And I, I'm going to pray that you pray for people who come into these doors, some of them maybe for the very first time. People who may come here, they don't know anything about Johnson Street. They know even less about God. I think God's going to bring us some people that we have the ability to reach. So let's begin with prayer. And join me if you would. Lord, we come to you, Lord, humbly, and we come to you with one thought in mind, is that you would be glorified through this. Lord, none of us are perfect, we all know that. And we know that at the moment when we really try to make it right and do our very best, Satan creeps in and we fail again. Failure seems to be, for some of us, seems to be more normal than success. But Lord, I know that you love us, and I know that success in Jesus Christ is the only success that really matters. And I know that, that in the midst of our failure, you lift us up again and, and we get to continue. There's forgiveness for all and we are thankful for that. Lord, there's also hope because we know that you have a, a dream of what it is we could do and be. And, and I know that you have faith in us in this world because you have called us to a, to a big, a big mission. And you know we can do it with your help. So thank you for allowing us this opportunity and responsibility not to be alone in this, but to be with you. So hear us. 
Take our meager offering this morning, and I pray that you would turn it into a kingdom changer. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Several years ago, this church went through a study, a deep study on what it means to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And we kind of deferred to this Mark 12 passage in, in our core mission statement. And now you probably recognized over the last year that I've used this passage a lot, the heart, soul, mind, and strength passage, because this is the stated mission of our church family. You know, it's the reason we have this four-box logo. You know, we have the heart, the soul, the mind, and the strength. And, and if we were to really go through it, and I think Brian's going to be doing this in his class over the next couple of weeks, you'll see how each of those boxes kind of correspond to a heart or a soul or a mind or a strength. We all have those little, I would say, bents. We, we have a bent toward the heart or toward the mind or the soul. And Brian's going to be talking more specifically about that. But the reason we have this, this idea, it's, it's really about love. You know, we are to love. And if we remember from Jesus' last hours of his life in John, I went over this with our ladies' Bible class this last Wednesday at 10, is, is Jesus talked about this new commandment, a new commandment. And it, it was the very final hours of his life. And he looks at his, his apostles and he says, a new command I give to you, a new command, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by, every, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What I think is so great about this is that the one thing that distinguishes the followers of Jesus from everyone else is not knowledge. It's not how much we know or how much we get right or whether or not our worship is exciting and dynamic. The one thing that will let people know who we are is love. How we love one another lets people know if we are for real or not. Our love for one another will be the thing that attracts the world to this way of life. That's it. Now, when it comes to living our life as followers of Jesus, though, we should at least, we should know at the least how to love. But we still struggle, don't we? I know I do. Because love is actually one of the very first things that we are encouraged to do in the Hebrew Scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we've, we've used this a lot. The passage that I just shared with our people this morning on the stage is, is something that, that tells us specifically what what as, as followers we should strive to be. It says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, remember what this is called? This is the prayer that's called anyone? Shema. Very good. Y'all are listening. Okay, this is the Shema, okay? This is that prayer that the Israelites did every morning, every night, uh, throughout the day. Jesus did this. I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't one of the last words he spoke because there are story after story, even today, of, of Jewish people in the throes of death will, will begin quoting this so that that can be the last words out of their mouth before they meet their maker. It's a prayer that Jesus prayed. It's a prayer we've adapted into our core belief system here. And this text is layered. It's layered with some radical implications 
Now today I wanted to kind of approach it a little differently than, than maybe even how Brian's going to be approaching it in his class. So turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Now, as you turn, remember that Shema is this ongoing prayer that was spoken by the youngest to the oldest. Now, I'm not going to tell you that everybody prayed it, and I'm not going to tell you that everybody who prayed it actually meant it. But this was a kind of a way of life for them, something that you learned from a child. It's kind of like their national anthem, I guess you could say. You know, they still pray this each and every day. But remember that word, uh, here, the, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Anyone remember what that word is? Echad. Okay, it, it means one, only. You are God alone. The Lord our God is God only. Is another way you could say that. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And it's, it is a powerful and encompassing command to love, isn't it? I mean, loving God with heart, with, with soul, with strength. And if this verse doesn't challenge us, my prayer is that after today, that it will. And although this is a command, I think the key word here we need to remember is love. And it's what Israel aspired to do. We all have that idea, and I I mentioned this before, of that person we want to be. That's the aspiration is for these people was to be the one who loved God with everything they had. So let's turn to Mark chapter 10, and I'm going to go ahead and read this. We're going to start in verse 17. Okay, to set this up, Jesus is with his disciples, and a man comes. And obviously, we don't know his name. Most of the people in Scripture are nameless. A lot of these people are nameless. This man didn't really have a name, but he had one other thing. He had wealth. And that's one reason that this is in here. They highlighted not necessarily who he was, but what he had. Okay, so let's read it, starting in 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Now, this passage has been in my mind. It's been the back of my mind all week. You know those things that kind of just kind of keep poking and nagging at you? It's been nagging at me all week long. And I've, I've never really looked at heart, soul, mind, and strength from this perspective. But, but I believe it speaks directly into how we can begin to become the people that God has dreamed us to be. So this man, this wealthy man, loved God. We know that. We can see that. And I've said it before. Anyone of status and power during the days of Jesus, even today in a lot of Middle Eastern cultures, anyone who has status and power and wealth, they were never in a hurry. They never ran. Running's humiliating. 
You have runners to do things for you. So this man who had wealth, status, ran, which means he was highly interested in the things of God, in life, in Jesus. He was okay being humiliated because he, he loved. And did you see how Jesus answered? I love this. No one is good except God alone. Echad. The Lord is God alone. No one is good except God alone. Jesus is repeating this essence of the Shema. And, and he's saying, you want life? We'll start with the Shema. God is God alone. Why do you call me good? It's nobody good but God. So we know that this man has a strong desire, but we know that he doesn't really seem to care also about what, what others say. He's willing to humiliate himself by running to Jesus. So in this sense, he's loving God with all of his heart. Now, you know my love for Hebrew and the word, so I'm going to be giving you more Hebrew words today. Okay, just prepare yourself. The word here for heart is this. It is achava. Okay, it is a form of achava. I'm learning. It's not chesed. Remember chesed last year? That's that strong, faithfulness, steadfast love that God has for his people. Okay, that describes God's word for how he loves us. But this is achava, a form of that. And, and, and God's word shows unconditional love. This is a little different than that. This word can be used to describe emotional love. Love between, you know, husband and wife. You know, young love, that deep emotional longing to be together, that ache when you're apart. You know, it's the stuff love stories are made of. Ahava. You know, it's, it's this idea of, of, of movies that we see where, where you see the people, they're star-crossed lovers, or, or even they have love, but they can never be together. It's just, oh, it's just great. This is ahava. This is one way to mean it. But as you know, Hebrew has multiple layers of meaning. This word ahava usually surrounds feelings. Uh, the emotional side of love, especially in today's world, surrounds the idea of feelings. And as we all know, feelings change. So there's all the other layers there. And, and, and whether because of somebody's action to us or the way they react or their inaction, you know, the feelings that we have towards them could change even if we love them. But achava is, is layered. And it doesn't just mean emotional. It means more than this. Because emotional love sometimes can be passive. I can feel it without having to really do anything. But achava is love that requires action. There's an action required. And, and there has to be an object of that action. In fact, sometimes emotions don't even play into it. And they have found this word in some treaties used by kings whenever they conquer a kingdom. And they'll say, you need to promise to love, to ahava the king. To the, to, to the defeated king, they'll say, you need to promise to love the king. Well, there's going to be no emotional attachment there. It's, not a, it's, it's more than this emotional love. So in essence, ahava is, is to declare loyalty submission it's actually to adopt a whole new way of living now if this master is completely just if this conquering king is completely perfect and able to help you and your people and actually makes life better for you than you had made it before then that ahava may develop into something deeper more emotional but to ahava god is something similar it is 
to declare loyalty to God. It is to declare that you're going to have actions now that support what you say. We say I love God a lot, but how often do our actions support that phrase? You know, Moses tells his people, support and embrace God as the only God. God Echad. And I believe that for the most part, this man, this rich man has done that. The Shema says, love God with all your heart. And he says, well, love God with all your soul and strength. Each word is important. The word for soul, I'm, so, I'm sorry, the word for heart here is a form of levav. Where's it at? It's levav. And it doesn't necessarily re- refer to this emotional center. In the Old Testament, it was about your, your mind, the, how you thought, the actions that you did. You know, so if your heart stopped, your mind stopped. So they didn't really know the details about your brain, but they knew the heart. Hearts, if the heart's done, you're done. Everything stops. Your life stops. Your thoughts and speech, the ability to see and reason stops. The lavav was not your emotional center. It was your thinking, your reasoning, your life center. And he said, let the actions from your love and from your ahava show that you love God with everything you think, with everything you do, with everything you decide, with everything you believe. And this man had chosen to seek after Jesus, which means he loved God with his heart. I love that. And it says, love God with all your soul. The word here, nefesh. It's a form of it. And it refers to your life. It refers to the things you do, how you spend your energy, where your feet take you, what your hands find to do. It refers to that thing that motivates you. You know, that thing inside of us that makes us want to be better, that makes us want to do this or that. It's that thing inside of you. So he's saying, you know, let your love and loyalty and a hava for God show God, you know, that you love him. Let it, let it flow from you. And as you interact with others, let that be something that shows God you love him. Let, let your alone time show God that you love him. Let, let your, your uh, words in the morning and in the evening, the things you think as you go to bed and as you rise up, let that show God that you love him. And I think this man loved his, loved his God with his life, with his soul. And did you see how excited he was whenever he said, uh, follow the, these commandments? And he goes, I have kept these commandments. So you know his life was one that exhibited what it meant to love with everything that he did. And then Jesus looked at him and loved him. You know those moments whenever you look at your child and, or, or look at someone and you know they're growing, they're learning, they're becoming this person that you've always wanted them to be? It's pride, it's excitement, it's love. I think Jesus loved this man. Made his heart full. But then he tells him to do something difficult. He says, well, there's one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you own. And the man went away sad because he had a lot of things to sell. And I believe Jesus was telling him in this moment, thank you for loving me with your heart and with your soul, but I think you're still holding back a little bit. Literal text in this does something really interesting. And this is what it does. It's, it, it ends with an adverb. 
In fact, this is actually the only time I think this is used as a noun in Scripture. So this is what it says. Um, It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your very. (laughs) Interesting. Now the word is meod. That's one of the very first things I ever learned in Hebrew was when someone says, how are you? You say tov meod, which is very good. And then you start realizing this is what Jesus, I mean, God said whenever he created the world. It was Tov meod, very good. Meod, good, uh, very. Tov, good. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your very. And this drives the OCD side of me crazy. All of your very. What does that mean? Books have been written. Commentaries are filled. Because this leaves this open for discussion. It has been translated as your strength, but the word leaves us to finish things on our own because it really is the very essence of everything we are. It's everything else. Heart, soul, everything else. And it seemed that this man loved God with everything he had. Well, mostly everything he had. His heart, his soul, and I would even say his mind. He had chosen to obey the commandments, to live a life, and the world knew he was following God because he was blessed. But Jesus went farther and said, I need you to love me with your very, with all of your very. And like us, this man, he had this part, this part of his life that was devoted to God and he gave it to God. It was beautiful. People saw that. But he also had a part that he had devoted to himself. He was kind of keeping that to himself. I don't know what that was for him. It was his wealth. We all have those little things we kind of keep to ourselves. Maybe it's our future. Maybe it's our security. Maybe it's our safety. Maybe it's our comfort. But Jesus told this man he needed to love God with all of that as well. But the man could not immediately do it. Because for each of us, there's a part of our life that we tend to hang on to. We tend to really care for that and hang on to it and sometimes we don't let anyone else see that it is those things that we nurture and care for whether we're alone whether we're in groups whatever it is we hide it because we want to be in control of this thing it's that part that could be safe to us because we're terrified that if God wants that part of us then what are we going to do because because we struggle we struggle to give it to him we struggle because if that's gone then we're afraid that we'll be out there and we'll be all alone and vulnerable and that's frightening. And of, of course, what God is telling us is that we will find life when we're willing to give him our, all of our very. So as we move into this deeper conversation of what we are to be in the community, in the name of Jesus Christ, my hope is that we begin to realize that by releasing our very to God together on the same page all of us loving with everything with our heart with our soul with our mind and with all of our very very so my encouragement to you is to love God with the part of your life that people can't see the part of your life that you tend to hang on to part of your life that God is saying hey I love this there's still one more thing that you're hanging on to really tightly 
Let it go. This could be our mission, you know? This could be our anthem. It's how we will be able to be the people that God wants us to be. People that he believes we can be. And this is how we realize the vision that God has for us. When we begin to really live into our mission, and that is to love. To love one another, to love God with everything we are, to reach out and show our community that this is what life really is, is when we love one another. And don't think that you can't do it alone. Don't worry if you can't do it. You aren't alone. Every one of us in this room has a very, and we all struggle to let it go. And we all have a mission and oftentimes we all struggle to love him with everything we are and everything we have, everything that is hidden. So let's be willing to give up those things we hold on to so tightly so that we can love him together with everything else that we have. And I'm going to encourage you as we stand here in a moment to risk Love him with your very. Get up. Don't worry about being humiliated. Go find an elder and pray with them. Pray for them. Shelly and I will be right down here. Pray with us. Let us pray that you can let go of your very. Because God says, hey, let me have it. I'll do amazing things with that. Start now. So that we can all be on the same page as we move into this mission that God has called us to. Let's reach out to God to one another and let's leave this place empty-handed let's stand together and let's sing Shelly and I'll be right down here Salvation, the Lord.